Welcome, guys, to another episode of The Winner Circle, presented by Grande Sports Training, a podcast that we dive deep into the minds of professional soccer players. Today's guest is Jackie Outschulz. How are you doing today, Jackie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. How's quarantine treating you? Uh, we're done. Um, we've had a week out of quarantine, so happy to be out, be able to train with the team, just, you know season kicks off in about three weeks so just trying to get prepared for that where are you gonna start your season now um starting my season in iceland so this will be my second season with um, the team tindestal in one of the most northern parts of iceland nice how's uh how's the weather over in iceland Actually, it's been pretty nice. Everyone here has been joking that we, me and the two other Americans, we brought the nice sunny weather over with us. But at the moment, the wind is pretty strong and it looks like it's going to rain later today. So Jackie, how did you get to Iceland? How did that uh, process start? So we were kind of lucky enough to get over here because we had started like our work visa and residence permit, um, I want to say like December. So kind of before all this COVID nonsense started hitting and, you know, shutting everything down. So since we had work permits and residence visa, we actually got permission from the Minister of Foreign Affairs here in Iceland. They sent over a document that we had to show at the airport in the U.S. and then also in Iceland that cleared us to enter Iceland. When does the season run? From what day, uh, what month to what month? So typically, before everything happened, it would go from like beginning of May through October. Um, everything's a little pushed back now, so we're looking to have our first game June 13th. And then they kind of, you know, filled in those games at the end of the season, in the middle of the season, so it doesn't go too long. They can't kind of extend their season past October because of, um, as it gets more into the winter, the daylight is shorter. So they squeeze them in will end mid-October. Well, that's exciting. I mean, hopefully, you know, it starts soon. It comes by quick because I know in quarantine, everybody's been shut off and hasn't yeah. been able to do anything. But that that's super exciting. I hope uh, everything goes well for you this season. Thank you. So, Jackie, tell me, when was the first time that you started playing soccer? I started playing when I was around four years old. I have two sisters, an older and a younger sister. You know, being the middle child, everything my older sister did, I wanted to do. So my parents had signed her up for AYSO, and I, you know, was the biggest fan of hers. So since she played soccer, I wanted to play soccer. So that's kind of how it all started. And same thing that my younger sister started playing. So we're just one big soccer family. So you would say your, your older sister really influenced you into the game? Yeah. Yep. Where, and, and where did you grow up? Uh, Southern California, so in Los Angeles. And I know, I know over there in, in LA, it's uh, there's a lot of soccer going on. Oh yeah, no, yeah. especially like Southern California, even Northern California. But as you get into the club environment, it's very competitive, and even high school. So you started playing at four years old. I would assume you started at at a recreational level to start getting, mm -hmm. you know, used to the to the ball and then when did you move over to a more competitive club? 
So actually, I played AYSO until I was about 12 years old, just because that was kind of the normal thing to do back then. Um, my AYSO all-star team actually formed into a club team. So that was kind of cool, just making that transformation with, you know, teammates I've played with for a couple years. Um, and that first year of club, we kind of struggled a little bit just because everyone was new to it. But I actually took a year off when I was 13 years old to play with a boys flag football team. So after that season was over, I was like, okay, like I want to focus on soccer. So I made a jump to um, a more competitive club team, Rialso Cal. So I was about 13, 14 when I started, you know, competitive club soccer. Okay. And how, how would you say that, that boys uh, uh, football team impacted you? Like, what did you learn from that, uh, that young age that you can remember? I mean, it, just the competitiveness and, you know, like, it doesn't matter, you know, me being a girl, one of my other um, classmates, one of my best friends, she joined the team with me. And it was kind of funny. We had a few games where we'd play other schools and coaches of the other teams, they're like, oh, girls can't be on the team. Like, the, we had one team almost refused to play us because, you know, there were two girls on the team. And I think we actually only lost one game that season. And the team that, like, almost refused to play us, they were very upset when we beat them. Hearing that, like, they didn't want to play you because you were a girl, that kind of, like, affected you in a way? Yeah, I mean, being that I was, like, 12, kind of young, I just kind of was, like, it was just kind of strange to me that like a whole team would refuse to play, you know, just because me and one other girl were on the team. Cause I just think like, okay, it's football. Like everyone, like you guys can still play football. So you see it now more with like all the gender equality stuff, but yeah, being, I guess that was kind of my first experience with the unequality in sports. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I mean, I bet you you just want to play at that age. You just yeah. want to have fun and, and just enjoy, you know, playing these games with your teammates and everything. That's tough to, to overcome. So when you got older and you started playing with Real Soca, um, you had that experience with, uh, with playing with the boys. You got in there because mm -hmm. you wanted to experience a different type of, like, environment. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And when you started playing with a more competitive team, how was that transition for you? It was actually pretty cool. So I joined um, the Rialso Cal like, Black team, which was kind of their third level team of our age group. Um, and that first year, we had a really good coach. And I think that was one of the most like growing years for me as a soccer player, just because a lot of our practices were just very like technical based, you know, footwork skill and all that stuff so I think that helped me develop as a player more getting more confident and comfortable on the ball and that team we actually made a run in like the state cup I mean back then they had like all the blogs little forums that like you know parents are talking about like oh predictions for a U14 state cup and like we were known as like the Cinderella team because we had made it I think to the semis of state cup and you know we were predicted to bounce out and like group play so that was kind of like my first year of club I was like okay like this is pretty awesome you know being able to see like that growth as a player and then also success as a whole team. When you did start playing at that age and you started learning that you know you're developing confidence you're developing all these new skills 
was it around that age that you decided like man this is actually something I want to do yeah I think even when I was younger I know I have like little you know journal entries or schoolwork from like first second grade and it's like oh what do you want to be when you grow up and I had always written like professional soccer player and you know when you're that young like sometimes it's a serious thing or just kind of like oh spur the moment you know change your mind a week later to be like an astronaut or something but I was kind of always set on that so that kind of like when I started playing club and you know finding success as a team and a player I was like okay like kind of want to see how far I can go with this. Yeah no, I, I, I totally hear you on that because I know there's lots of players that do write journal entries and they write down little things, little details about their soccer life, uh, as well as their personal life. And I'm a big advocate for that because sometimes when you write down these things and you look back at it a couple months later, you Mm -hmm. can see how much you've grown yourself. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a confidence booster and like a motivational thing for yourself that, okay, this is where you were in point A, now we're like on you know, point B and look how much you've grown. Yeah. Did you do that often? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny and like I even joke about it now, you know, like as you're going through school and even when people ask you like, oh, like what are your hobbies? For me, it was always soccer. So it's just, yeah, kind of writing those things down and then, you know, finding those papers again and like being able to be like, okay, this was from like two, three years ago and like here I am still set on this goal. And then obviously getting kind of more your older years of high school and college, writing down more serious goals, it kind of helps as a player kind of just keep you accountable and keep you like focused because you can kind of turn to it like, okay, what do I need to do to get there? And then also checking back, like, did I accomplish that? When you started high school, that was around high school, you said 13, 14. Yeah. Senior year, now you got to start thinking about college right? The next step in your life. How would you say the the ninth grade Jackie compared to the 12th grade Jackie? Like, what was the growth? What was the development? Um, so ninth grade Jackie was still kind of on that third tier um, Real SoCal team. And it kind of like, you know, so you start thinking about it because in, uh, at least for the girl side, you know, you have fellow teammates or just peers in the soccer environment commit verbally committing to colleges at that age so I kind of was like okay like that's next step for me what do I need to do to get kind of like essentially a scholarship so I was lucky enough a few games I was able to guest with the Real SoCal white team playing a few games at that kind of higher level Um, and they kind of had a coaching change and the new coach that came in wanted me to be on that team permanently and that's right when it switched to the ECNL league so just that was kind of like ninth tenth grade transition I was like okay making that next step you know closer to that goal of getting a college scholarship so sophomore year um, playing with the ECNL team my coach was very involved in the recruiting process making sure everyone you know they kind of had their list of where they wanted to go you know checking the boxes if you want to major in a certain degree does the school have it so she was super helpful helping me with that. Um, and then 10th grade, you know, played a f- full season with that ECNL team. And by the end of that year, I had verbally committed to the University of San Diego. It's always a blessing to have somebody there to push you 
yeah um, especially your coach I know we always you know our parents always want to want the best for us but when you have somebody else that's there kind of like pushing you yeah in the right direction and it helps tons and I think just someone who was able to like use her connections just because she had been a club coach and she coached college for so long because I know now I'm like in my off season I do a lot of coaching like I'll hear players who are struggling with like the recruiting process and it I ask them like oh is your coach helping you and a lot of them say no so yeah, a lot a lot of times players are just left to make connections for themselves sometimes yeah and that's hard because obviously with all the NCA rules, how much can a, again, you know, 15, 16 year old really do on their own to establish the next four years of their life? On the, on the days that you didn't train Jackie in those, um, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th grade, did you watch soccer, study film or anything, do little things I, on your own? A lot of times I would just go out to the field on my own. Uh, my high school had a nice track and then turf in the middle. So a lot of like juggling, just ball skill shooting. And then I love just running a mile, you know, testing my time, kind of pushing myself that way fitness wise, because that's just something easy. You can like, okay, track your time this week. Am I beating it the next week? So that's kind of, you know, if we didn't have games or, you know, practices, just doing that little extra stuff on the side. I'm glad you say that the, the little extra stuff on the side because yeah. I don't know how important that is for mm -hmm. any athlete anybody that wants to get ahead in anything they do the little extra work on the side and I'm sure you know during those days that you're doing it it's just like oh I'm just I just want to get better I'm trying yeah. to do this I'm trying to do that right but now that you look back at it it's like those little details kind of made you the person who you are and the and the player that you are yeah you know absolutely I mean? So once you get to senior year, you verbally commit, or tenth, in 10th grade, you verbally commit to University of San Diego. And now how did that change your perspective on, on the training? You're, you're verbally committed to a, a university. How, how did that go? I think it just kind of almost, not like sets you straight, but you verbal commit is a big thing, but also at the same time, it can mean nothing because if your grades drop, you know, schools can pull that. You haven't signed anything. So it just kind of keeps you on track. Especially 10th grade, you have like two and a half more years of school. You have to stay on track. And then obviously, you know, soccer wise, I wanted to come in and make an impact right away. So, you know, staying on the training grind. Um, I think by junior or senior year, I was kind of getting more comfortable in the weight room, just doing every little thing I can where I don't feel like I'm behind, like, you know, as a freshman playing against seniors who are, you know, three, four years older than I am. That's interesting that you say that because you having that mentality of trying not to be behind and just coming in already making an impact. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like some people would say, oh, I, like, I verbally committed, like, my I'm job just gonna, is done. My yeah. job is done. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then, you know, we'll see how it goes when I get there. What do you think led you to have that, that mentality to just, you know, be prepared at all times? Was I just something think that I, you learned? I almost just felt like I really didn't have any other option. Almost not that I'm like scared of failure, but I was just so set on, you know, these goals. I just was going to do anything I had to, to accomplish them. 
And I know like a lot of times, and that's kind of like that extra work, it was never coming from my parents or, you know, like coaches telling me to do stuff. But I think what it really is, is like, I just love the game. So I enjoyed doing the extra training. It didn't feel like, you know, a punishment or like, oh, like I have to do this. Um, it was just purely because I wanted to and loved to and, you know, wanted to be the best, you know, or the best player on the team, best freshman coming in. So. Yeah, it's just all about enjoying that process. Yeah. That gets you to that, that next step. And that, that's so interesting that you say that. That's great. When you graduate high school, you go to University of San Diego. And how was that like? How was that transition from high school to university and all the hours you put put in? Did you feel that you came in prepared? I did. And it was also kind of nice. And you see it more now, like, because the college season's in the fall, you have that summer to prepare. But a lot of teams, like the seniors and captains of that college team, they'll bring in everyone early just to get that extra training because preseason is so short. You have two weeks to prepare before your first game with the coaches. So everyone wants to get kind of like that extra jump and, you know, you can do as much as you want without the coaches there. So I think we had three weeks before actual preseason and called it captain's camp where all the new freshmen come in, all the returners, you know, it's just getting comfortable with each other. And that's kind of, you know, those first couple of days, you're a little bit intimidated just because, you know, new team, new environment. But once we started playing, I just felt comfortable. I felt like I fit in as a player and as a person within the team. And what, what would Jackie say to herself in those moments that you felt intimidated at first? Like what thoughts or what words would you say to yourself? I think I would just tell myself, you know, trust all that extra work you put in. Trust, you know, the games we played at ECNL Club. Like so those were some of the most competitive games I've played in. So it's just kind of like, okay, trust the process, trust all that work that you put in, you know, you same way you do like homework and study your notes for a test. All that training is, you know, for games, which you could call a test. Yeah, no, I'm also very huge on, on self-talk because a lot of the times, depending on what we say to us, like to ourselves, it affects like the outcome. You know, but like if, whether you believe it or not, like the little details that you say to yourself and then yeah. how you show up and how you prepare mentally to to show up like those little things just play a huge role in mm. your own like world. And it's so interesting yeah. to see because you don't realize it in the moment. But when you look back at it, you're like, wow, that, like it, that actually worked like these little things like good thing. I told myself to get out of bed this morning to go train. Yeah. You know what I mean? But and I think a lot of it is just kind of like having that positive mindset versus like you are going to have negative thoughts kind of, you know, throughout your journey here and there. But do those like negative thoughts keep kind of like snowballing into more and more? Or can you like, you know, cancel those out with positive, you know, thoughts, just like you said, self-talk. And how did how did you deal with those negative thoughts? I think just kind of again trusting that I am capable of doing you know playing at the collegiate level as a freshman one of the things like I would focus on like if I made a mistake instead of kind of like dwelling on it understanding why I made that mistake whether it was technical tactical you know going over film just correcting those little things and really understanding so the next time you don't make that mistake yeah, I think that's 
huge. Just understanding your mistakes, yeah. you know, accepting the mistake and then learning from it and then fixing it for the next situation that arises. Now you're in San Diego, you have your first training session. How did the level of play change from college to club to high school? Obviously, I think each step you take, the speed of play gets faster. And then just a little about me, I'm 5'5", five five, so I'm not the biggest player on the field. So it was just kind of like, okay, in college, that little extra physicality was definitely more present in um, college than club. So just kind of adjusting to that. And then your first game in college. How was that how was that experience? So it was actually pretty wild. So club and high school, I'm more of attacking position and I got recruited to USD for that. But um the team, I think we had a couple injuries and we had a right back position that had opened up essentially and you know, our coaches playing around with things and he essentially just asked me to step up and play that position. So First game of my freshman year, I'm playing right back. Um, I actually scored two goals playing right back. I think one came off corner kick and the other one I think was another set piece. So that was pretty, pretty cool in our home stadium at San Diego. I think my parents were there. First game of the year, first game of my or college career, I scored two goals from a defensive position. And I was actually playing against, we played San Jose State, and two of my club teammates, one who was actually my best friend, they were on San Jose State, so. That must have been a, a fantastic experience. Yeah. First, first game as a freshman, coming in, playing, uh, playing, and on top of that, scoring two goals. So then, after you experienced that first season in uh, in San Diego, how would you say that you grew as a player from like the first day of training to the end of the season? What was the biggest takeaway that you learned about yourself as a player? I think just kind of knowing there was more room kind of to that ceiling of growth. Um, just, you know, being coached by a different coach, being around different players. Like I saw I could kind of – Obviously, I was playing defense that first year, but I knew my sophomore year I'd be playing more of an attacking position. So then developing more on top of what I had already um, learned from club and high school, more tools to be an attacking player that can be successful in college. Did you ever have any, you know, like off-field experiences that, you know, I know with school, balancing school and then balancing your social life, balancing soccer can sometimes play a huge role in how we go about our lives yeah did that ever affect you during college um yeah my freshman year again the college season's in the fall so you know you finish high school that summer you know summer you're training and then you jump right into your college season but also jump right into your first academic year of college and that was kind of a learning experience, just managing your schoolwork while you're playing, traveling, you know, it's teachers aren't going to kind of like cater to you as an athlete. You have to go and make that initial like first impression that you are going to be responsible for your schoolwork, make sure you're making up things if you're on the road or whatnot. So it's just kind of like all that accountability and time management, balancing your schoolwork during season as a student athlete it's it's difficult sometimes to to manage all your work because 
especially those away games. Sometimes you come back super late. Yeah. And, and next morning you have class and you have to turn in a paper, you have a test or quiz or something, and you're just not, you know, ready for it. Yeah. But eventually you figure it out how to balance it. It's something I feel like every every student athlete goes through. And Absolutely. I know some players don't handle it or don't handle it as well as others, you know? Mm -hmm. After after your your um, freshman year, you move on sophomore, junior, senior. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest standout game or, or moment in your college career that you can remember? And I would have to say my sophomore year, kind of as a whole, we started off really strong. I think we had B three top twenty five ranked teams, and then we kind of had a dip in our season, you know, lost a few games and then, you know, picked it back up through conference. And then we actually got an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. And it was kind of cool. You know, I'm actually in class watching the selection show and they're the year before UCLA had one. So they're showing all the highlights from UCLA winning. I'm like, okay, that's pretty awesome. And they show UCLA's name. And then our name pops up. I'm like, okay, we can take down the defending championship. So that was pretty cool. And then that game happened. How was that? Um, that game didn't really go the way we wanted. Um, we actually lost 5-0. But we were playing against Sam Uis, Abby Dahlkemper, um, Megan Oyster, all these, now that they're pros and on the national team. So it's kind of cool to say, you know, like, oh, I played against them in college. So regardless of the result, obviously, like, you know, we would have wished it would go our way, but, you know, it's a cool experience. Yeah, no, it was definitely still a cool experience, you know, just being in that, in the tournament and being able to go up against those, those players of that caliber. After, yeah. when, when you made it to senior year, your last year in college, did you have any plans, you know, pursue the, the professional career? Did you have, like, any opportunity set for you? Or how did um, that happen? I knew I wanted to keep, you know, pursuing soccer after my senior year. So it was just kind of like, okay, you know, finish that senior year season, see how things go. And then my first kind of option was just entering the NWSL draft. So I did that. Um, I didn't get drafted, but I was actually fortunate enough to go to Chicago and be a practice player. So I did that for a few months. But while I was doing that, so that was during my spring semester of college, and because I had built kind of a good relationship with all my professors, they allowed me to just kind of continue to email them all my schoolwork so I could stay on track to graduate after that spring. But during my time in Chicago, I just kind of, I didn't go in there thinking, oh, like I'd sign a contract right away, you know, be some starting player. I just wanted to be, again, in that environment with Kristen Press, Julie Ertz, you know, all those players, just kind of, you know, getting used to that level, kind of balancing the schoolwork and playing, you know, being so far away from home, something new. I, I wanted to make sure I got my degree, so I actually came back that last month of uh, my spring semester to finish up all my schoolwork and then graduate. How was that experience with, with Chicago and how, how did that happen? So you didn't get drafted. That kind of hurt. Of course. Um, I mean, so 
it, it's hard. The league in the U.S., it's so competitive, and it's unfortunate that there are only nine, ten teams a season. You see new teams come and other teams fold. And what I kind of learned, like, overseas, there's so many more options. And I would love to see the NWSL grow. You know, there's so many MLS teams. It's kind of unfortunate that, you know, these MLS teams can't, you know, pair up, either pair up with an existing NWSL team or kind of create their own women's team just to expand the league in the U.S. because soccer in the U.S. is so competitive. It's The women's team is so supported on the national team level. Um, so, you know, not being drafted, it, I was a little upset, but I kind of didn't, you know, expect it considering how small the league is. You know, a lot of times the women who are getting drafted are from like UCLA, Stanford, like all that. Not that I didn't think I was at that level, but it's the way it goes. When you stepped into Chicago to do your first training session, how was that experience stepping into the field with professional players now? That jump, that jump in level, how did you take that? I mean, it truly felt like a professional environment, you know, with the facilities, the staff, what, like, you know, it, the media staff, they have so many people taking, taking care of things, um, the coaching side. So it was just, I, it felt cool to, like, almost achieve my dream, being in that professional environment. And then after that, you finish, you graduate. And then what was next for Jackie? Um, so I had talked to a friend who played at Cal State Fullerton. She was drafted the year before playing in Orlando. And we would. she was originally from San Diego. So every now and then we would train together. And I was just kind of talking to her about, you know, what's a good next step. And she connected me with an agent from Norway. So I connected with, with that agent. Um, so during that transfer window for the season in Norway, I got asked if I wanted to go play for a team in Norway. I, you know, it's what I was kind of um, hoping for, you know, still training, not knowing which, what's going to happen. So I was able to make that jump, hop on a plane to, to Norway and go play over there. You touched on two, two very important things there. It's one was, you know, talking to your friend and trying to work out some sort of contact there. I, I think mm -hmm. it's so important for players to network with other players because yeah. you can find little thing, little contacts, little opportunities through friends or friends of friends, friends of players, yeah. et cetera. And I think that's super important. That's what you did. And then on top of that, you're over here training, waiting for an opportunity to arise. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I cannot stress how important that is. So for everybody listening, <laughs> for everybody listening, they understand that that's what they need to do. Even if you don't have a clear opportunity in sight, even if you don't have something that, you know, you're working towards in two months, maybe next week you get a call and boom, you're yeah. off to a different country, a different league or, or, or a different state, whatever the case is. So you got on the plane to Norway and you had already been training, prepared for it. Mm -hmm you land in Norway how was that change of, of culture for you how did you adjust to that transition um I kind of you know people would always ask me like oh are you nervous to go and I, I I wasn't nervous just because since I started playing when I was four 
And then obviously when you get into that club environment, you're always traveling to tournament, different tournaments across the country. So to me, it's just like, oh, like I'm still doing the same thing. Like, yeah, it's another country, but it's still the game of soccer. So it wasn't like a huge change for me. I mean, I was fortunate enough, the team, there were two other Americans and Australians. So we kind of had our own little group, which was nice and just, you know, adventure in Norway, you know, kind of just see the country do other things that you, you know, you can't do. Yeah. And, and being in that professional environment now in Norway, how did that differentiate from being in Chicago? What was like, um, the biggest difference for you? So the team I went to, they, I, me and the other foreigners, we came at that halfway transfer uh, window in the middle of the season and the team we went to, they were in the last place, you know, trying to avoid relegation. So what I kind of learned about, you know, all these teams and leagues overseas, they don't have college sports. So a lot of these teams, they have that same group of players who would be playing what like in college that age, but they're on these professional teams. So the team I went to was a super young team. We had, I think, like four or five, you know, 15-year-olds on the team. And it's the top league in Norway. So the top half of the table, they have players from Brazilian national team, Australian national teams. Um, so it was just kind of like, okay, like trying to help our team, you know, help these young players grow and be able to compete at this level but then at the same time we're competing against these top level players so I think me and the other you know international players we knew the challenges we were going to face but it's bringing that team how can we get that team to the same level did you feel that you had to kind of also take on a, a leadership role when you got there definitely I mean the coaches for I think one of the first days told all four of us you know they want us to you know step in and be leaders don't be afraid to be vocal so which is what I think all four of us we were kind of used to doing so it's kind of like you brought that over also to the, yeah. to the club and now it's awesome you know stepping into a new club and just having that backing from from the coaching staff mm -hmm. you know to be to be a leader because it's it doesn't always happen that way it's Sometimes you go into a club and, you know, it's already established and you're the new player on there. Yeah. And they kind of like show you out waiting for you to actually prove yourself. And I'm assuming, you know, that that also happened for you, but you kind of also had that leadership role to take on yeah. for these young players and then trying obviously to avoid relegation. How long were you playing in Norway? So it was just the second half of the season. So it was about four months and then after that did you end up staying in Norway or where did you go no so after that came home actually switched to a different agent um one who was based in the U.S. just kind of you know expand my options and after that he helped me get to a team in Sweden and I was only in Sweden for a couple months because I got a concussion out there so Unfortunately, I just made the decision at that point, dealing with the concussion, it was better to come home and deal with it here at home. And how did that concussion, how big of a blow was that for your soccer career? 
we'll get that into a little bit later, but it was just kind of like upsetting because I was on, I felt like I was on a roll in Sweden, kind of doing the same thing, helping this team, you know, grow, scoring a bunch of goals. And then, you know, it's kind of just taken out from under you. How did you deal with that? Like what, what, uh, what steps did you take to, to overcome that, that big blow? Um, I just think trusting that this wasn't a career ending injury. Well, it did end my season. Um, just kind of, you know, trusting that, okay, like, you know, all athletes go through these, you know, injuries or bumps and bruises, little hills they have to overcome. So just kind of like, I guess almost just like waiting it out, like knowing that it's not the end for me. Yeah, injuries definitely take a huge toll on a, on an athlete, um, mm-hmm. especially when you feel that you're on a roll. Yeah, you know, it's it's literally like you hit a wall and then boom, this is it. But then there goes so many things through your mind when you get injured. It sucks, and and mentally overcoming that isn't easy. But it's the little things like that you do you know, trusting the process or, or doing those little self-talks that help out tremendously. So after your concussion, you know, you got clear to play. What did you do next? Where did you go? To? Uh, so I was just home, you know, I, once I was, you know, feeling better, able to train, just training at home again, you know, going through that process. My agent was, you know, looking for another team and he asked me if I wanted to go to Iceland. So again, just said, you know, this is what I want to do. So yep, send me to Iceland. Now you're at Iceland. How is that transition, the the culture lifestyle compared to what you're used to? I mean, I love it here. This so this is my second season back. Um, it's just Iceland, the country is just something I've never experienced. Just all the nature, waterfalls, like all that side. The people here are amazing. Um, the town I'm in, it's a the population's like three thousand people. So it's kind of cool having the whole town supporting our team, you know, our team, we all, we're so close. We all hang out with each other just because it's such a small town. You really don't have any other option. In, in Iceland, you know, making that jump from a different culture that you're used to, to a brand new culture. I know it sometimes it's difficult, but when it turns out to be something so nice, mm-hmm. it's like you can grow so much as, as a person off the field, which I think is it's yeah. fantastic. I know the game has, has taken you to different parts of the world, different mm-hmm. stadiums, different different fields and everything. It's just a fantastic experience because you meet so many people. Yeah. You know? And in Iceland, when you played your first game, you signed your contract, you played your first game, did you ever experience like, you know, play in Iceland and then you want to go somewhere else after? I mean, so kind of like every season I start, I'm like, okay, like you kind of think it might only be one season. Like, okay, like I want to go to a different country. But just throughout the season, you know, getting so close with the with the girls here and just really enjoying it, I kind of not changed my mindset. But when you go to all these different teams in different countries, you know, sometimes you might be the only international player you know, you might not be close with the team. So I kind of decided to choose that, I guess, like quality of life here, knowing like I essentially have a family here versus playing on the best team in the top league in a different country. Because it, it just can, it makes the soccer more fun. 
Yeah, makes sense. No, as long as you're enjoying yourself and doing what you need to do, like, you know, it's it's great to play anywhere. It's a yeah. blessing to have this as a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And what type of player would you describe yourself as on on this club in Iceland? Kind of a leader. Again, we have a mix of like younger, older players um, playing in the midfield. I mean, I'm playing my favorite position, attacking mid, just kind of having that freedom to go forward and also, you know, play a role in defensive and just, I guess, bringing everything that I learned from all my experiences playing over here to this team. So Jackie, now that you're playing here in your second season, what would you say is your biggest growth as a player from when you started playing professionally? What did you, um, what do you feel you've improved most on? I think the mental side. Just, you know, when you go to college, I was still only a couple hours away from home. And, you know, then going to Chicago, being further away from home, that was a big, you know, growing side, almost learning how to be alone, not necessarily alone, but be on your own and kind of same thing. Okay, and making that next jump, being a 15-hour plane flight away from home, you know, making sure I'm taking care of myself, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. So I definitely think the mental side of soccer and then just being a person, all these experiences has made me grow. Yeah, now it, it sounds like after hearing, you know, your whole story that you were okay with putting yourself in new environments. Yeah. You knew I how to... would say I'm not scared of change. Yeah, you were definitely okay with going into a new environment and then adjusting your life to, which I think is a mm -hmm. super important quality to have because not anybody can do that. Like, obviously, you feel, you know, homesick. You want to go back to what you're used mm -hmm. to. But then when you take a step back and realize why you're doing what you're doing and mm -hmm. it's actually what you want, you kind of, like, just go with the flow and enjoy the process. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what you've been doing this whole time. Yeah. And I mean, now that you, you know, you're in Iceland, you're living out your dream, playing in a beautiful country, what are your next steps? What do you see um, for future Jackie in the next three to five years? I think obviously taking one season at a time, but kind of seeing, you know, if I can come back to the U.S. and get a run in the NWSL, that's kind of like long-term goal, but Right now, it's just enjoying every moment here, enjoying the journey, living, you know, in different cultures, different environments. All right, Jackie. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I always end with two questions, and they're, they're easy questions. It's going to make you think a little bit, but we'll see how, how you do, okay? <laughs> so first question, what is your definition of being a winner? I think kind of going back to those goals, individual set, if you can accomplish those for yourself and not others. Okay. And then my next question, what advice would you give a 13 year old Jackie? Enjoy the moment. Don't stress too much about the next step. That's good advice. That's good advice. I know at a young age, we, we tend to stress a, a lot about our future yeah. when we have so much time and we shouldn't even be stressing about it. I, I love that advice. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for your time. Guys, thanks for listening. This is the Winner Circle podcast by Grande Sports Training, a podcast that we dive deep into the mindsets of professional soccer players. 
until the next one, guys.